and welcome to the Kill Gen Podcast. I'm your new regular host, Luke Oddy. First of all, I'd like to thank Eden for his tenure. I'm very excited to continue from where he left off. I'd like the show to feel like a community. I want to focus on topics that are pertinent to you. So if you have a subject, a product, or an overarching theme you'd like addressing, let me hear about it. I'll give out my email later on. But first, let's get to today's episode. In June, the government backed a bill to ban the use of glue boards for pest control. During the motion, Jane Stevenson, the MP for Wolverhampton North East, who introduced the bill, stated, When pest control is needed, we have a responsibility to use the most humane methods in order to prevent unnecessary suffering. A rodent stuck in a glue trap will suffer a slow and painful death, which isn't acceptable when other pest control methods are available. Glue traps don't just capture rodents. Other animals killed or injured in these traps include pet cats, birds, owls, bats, fox cubs and hedgehogs. Surely it's time to end the use of inhumane and indiscriminate traps. With the bill finding backing, the pest control sector finds itself on a precipice. Does it support the plan and ready pest controllers for a glue board-less future? Or does it rally against the motion? To help discuss this matter, we are now joined by John Hope, the Technical Manager at the National Pest Technicians Association, the NPTA. John, before we start, I think it's important for the pest control industry to recognise that if used incorrectly, glue boards can be dangerous and inhumane. However, when used alongside an integrated pest management system, glue boards are a very useful tool for any pest controller's arsenal. Why don't we begin by explaining why glue boards are so effective? Well, hi, Luke, first of all. Um, hi, John. Yeah, OK. Uh, you, you raised a good point there about the, the, about the issues that surround them. But first, and, and I would say firstly, we need to recognise that people do have different opinions on glue boards. Certainly, my own mother was the same. You know, she, she would have no bar of it, could never understand why I worked in the industry I worked in, etc. So I fully understand that people have, like I say, completely different points of view. However... Having worked in the pest control industry for 30 odd years now and been involved in public health for that time, because I also did an environmental health degree as well. So public health sits very close to my heart. And that's why I'm quite passionate about being able to keep them. And there's, there's a couple of things here. First of all, when you were reading out that statement from Jane Stevenson, what, what concerns me is that the and while recognising that people have different opinions on these things, um, there seems to be a lack of understanding because if you note the phraseology she used, she used trapped in a glue board as opposed to we would say trapped on a glue board. So it just denotes to me a certain lack of understanding. But as to why they're an effective tool, well, I think firstly you need to uh, think about rodent behaviour in general and the history that humans have with rodents. You know, they're highly adaptable. They will change. Uh, they will change their habits in the way that they, um, the, the way they approach our control systems. And they've been with us an awfully long time. In fact, there was a study that was done, that was produced in 2017, that's actually stated that house mouse have been with us 3000 years before the advent of agriculture. And that's, and the reason I mention that is to say that, like I say, they're adaptable, they're commensal, they live with us, okay? They, they rely on us for their uh, well-being, if you like, for want of a better phrase. And for all of that time, we will have been trying to control them, yet they're still with us. 
So that adaptability and that um, ability for them to change their habits, which I've seen certainly over the past 30 years, with house mice in particular becoming increasingly difficult to control, is really important from uh, a reduction in the potential, uh, a reduction in the amount of control measures that we have to use to control them. And they are a public health threat. And I would, I would argue that we're facing a threat like we've never seen before. You've seen, uh, or all your listeners will certainly be aware of all the stories that have been coming out in the media since the start of the pandemic about the increase in rats and the increase in mice uh, and all the rest of those stories that go on. So what we don't need is a reduction in uh, the tools that are at, currently at our disposal in ways that we can deal with them. And we've seen that going on over the last 10 to 15 years. We've seen a slow but steady erosion of those tools that we're allowed to use, uh, including contact tubes, liquid concentrates, contact dust, which leads me on to why I think it's important to maintain them. Because there's many things that we can sometimes use, but glue boards sometimes, occasionally, if used responsibly, are the only option left open to us. For example, if we look at behavioural resistance and serial aversion um, to rodenticides in towns and cities. Now, this started in Birmingham way back in the 1980s, and there was a paper published on it at the time. And when you're dealing, when you're dealing with that sort of situation in a city, it started in Birmingham, it's increasing more. I'm hearing reports now and certainly having been involved in it occurring in different situations in different cities and towns all around the country. When you're faced with that situation where they won't go into a bait box, where they won't take any serial rodenticides that you're putting down, you know, where they're avoiding other control measures, and I've got videos and I've seen them avoiding um, breakback traps and all the rest of it, you are sometimes, as a pest controller, left with no option but to use glue boards. Now, if we haven't got those at our disposal, then where else do we go? You know, it becomes increasingly difficult. And as I say, the primary focus of any pest controller is to protect public health. And the only way that we can really protect public health is to have as many tools available to us at our disposal. And whilst pest controllers should and will undoubtedly use all other means of control, on occasion, glue boards are sometimes the only answer. And they're the only answer to take numbers down quickly as well. If you're facing a situation as a pest controller where you're trying to deal with you know something in a highly sensitive area it can be on an aircraft it could be in a hospital it could be even be in a situation where you've got a, a food manufacturing or a retail facility that's selling food to the public and you need to take those numbers down very very quickly then glue boards can be your only option and like i say i fully understand the animal welfare concerns that people have around them but my aim, uh, the aim of all of our members or anyone involved in pest control is to protect public health. So for those, for all of those reasons, the issues around how difficult house mouse control is, how important it is to protect public health from a food perspective, how important it is to protect public health from a healthcare perspective, the, 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 the list is essentially endless. And my experience of pest controllers is, as I say, they predominantly will not resort to glue boards as a primary tool, but it needs to be there. This is totally my view, it, that the, the ability to be able to use them need to be there to do exactly that, to protect public health. Yeah, you picked up on some interesting points there, John. 
Although they're often a last resort, I think it's important to highlight glueboard's effectiveness. They're ideal in sensitive areas and they have a real ability to reduce numbers very quickly in heavily invested areas. Are you at all worried that this bill could start a precedent? Are we looking at the thin end of the wedge, so to speak? Who knows? It, it's a really difficult one to answer for that. And I don't want to put the um, words in, in anyone's mouth or to potentially highlight other issues going further down the line. But, but it could happen. Because once you remove one tool for control, and like I say, we've lost enough over the last 10 to 15 years, my concern is where does it end and how difficult does this job become to do? You know, and that's the last thing we need to, to, to happen is to make the job more and more difficult. It's a difficult enough job in the first place, because like I say, you're dealing with pests and particularly with rodents, you're dealing with, with, with a pest that will become that, that adapts to its environment, adapts mm. to the control measures that we try and use. So, yeah, I would never, ever advocate that somebody went out there and used uh, rodent glue boards as a first option. Absolutely not. Unless it was an absolute public health emergency and you really had no choice. It's absolutely great that at present we've got those in our arsenal. And what I wouldn't like to see and, you know, and hopefully won't happen, but who knows, is for them to be removed. I think a nuance that was missed originally when this bill was brought up in Parliament, but I'm sure as this process goes on, it will rear its head, is the difference between the way glue board is used by the pest controller and by the general public, because it can be bought by any member of the public, myself included, I can just call and buy one. What do you think are the differences, if there's a significant difference between the, the two? Right, well, there are clearly significant differences, and I'm not saying that every professional pest controller is perfect. Mistakes do happen. I completely acknowledge that. However, what I would say is that um, as a sector, the, the uh, pest controllers have had the code of practice, code of best practice on glue boards drummed into them over the last 10 years or so. I've been in post for three years now, and I'm going to be totally honest with you here. I've investigated one incident of misuse um, through, uh, for, for a member with a complaint that was upheld. I put sanctions in place, which included retraining. So again, I think it goes to demonstrate how seriously we take the appropriate, you know, appropriate and responsible use of glue boards. In, in, you know, in addition to that, code of practice is printed on the back of professional use glue boards, meaning it's always in the technician's face. You can't avoid it. It's there. It's constantly reinforced. No such control measures occur in the amateur market or the non-professional market, if you like, right? Mm. They've got no knowledge of the code of practice. They've got no idea on how to use glue boards. They've got no idea of where to place them. They've got no idea and they're not providing any guidance on how to dispatch an animal when it's caught. They've got no idea or given no knowledge on how to release a non-target animal if it is caught onto the board. And the worry is that, as you say, you're quite right in what you say, you can go out and buy them this afternoon if you feel like it, right? And there's a variety of places you can buy them from. You can buy them on uh, virtual um, marketplace websites. You can even go to, I've seen them recently on market stalls in, the, in my local town centre. So it's really quite worrying that an amateur can go and buy a board that they've got no concept of how to use that does have the potential to cause suffering and they can put them down in their own home and use them. And, you know, Humane Society International released uh, a campaign a few years ago 
uh, it was called the Unstuck campaign and they released a, and, and this is, you know, I'm not decrying any of the work that they do, you know, that they do what they do, they believe what they believe, but they released a video a few years and it was called Stuck to Death and it was, it basically put a human voice onto a mouse mm. and you can't get more emotive than a human voice on a mouse saying, I'm stuck, please release me, it hurts. And that's part of the issue that we face. And even if you look at uh, the, the, when the release of this, uh, or sorry, the um, announcement of this private member's bill came out, the RSPCA stated that they've got, that they've seen over, or they had reported rather, 200 misuse incidents over the past five years. Now, my guess and belief would be that that is largely the amateur and non-professional market. Mm. Uh, that, that will be at that end of the sector. But the difficulty we have as an industry is that we can't prove that any more than they can prove that. So if we were to go to the RSPCA and say, oh, that will all be amateur use. If we were to say to government, that will all be amateur use, they will say to us, quite rightly, prove that it isn't the professional sector then. And that's the part of the problem that we have is that records are kept quite sparsely. They're certainly not shared with government. They're uh, not shared with trade associations either. And that becomes a really difficult subject. However, like I say, one complaint over three years says to me that there's not a huge issue in the professional sector. All, uh, you know, all of the issues and all the photographs you see, you can see by and large, they appear to be amateur use boards, you know, the kind of completely different from the boards that Killgerm or other suppliers will sell. Uh, you can see that the kind of things bought on marketplace stalls and things like that. No code of practice on them. So it, it, to, to my mind, at least, it will it will be the amateur market because, like I say, pest controllers have had it drummed into them over the last 10 years to use them responsibly. But proving it's another issue. I think so often the window in for outsiders is via the margins. Unfortunately for pest control, the graphic images of non-target likeable animals such as birds being stuck on the boards is very much how this is viewed. It's a real shame that this is the lens for which the topic of glue boards is witnessed. Presumably these photos are of the result of amateur use. They shouldn't be used outside for one. So innocent birds should not actually even be targeted. Yeah, and that, that, that's, that's very difficult. And as you say, the vast majority of it will be amateur use. It's just, it's proving it's the, the issue. All I can ask and you know, of the professional sector, and I'm absolutely sure it's going on, is that we use them responsibly. You know, and if we use them responsibly, then we've we've done as much as we can do to try and uh, to keep these as a weapon within our armory to be able to use. You know, and I'm absolutely, like I say, I'm absolutely sure that that is that is happening. But we need to be in a position where, you know, where the fight goes on to try and maintain the right to use glue boards that we are seen to be completely sitting above the amateur market you know it's 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 going to be a difficult fight uh the the, the situation glue boards have been under pressure for a long long time as mm. anyone that works in this industry will know people will have completely intransient viewpoints on them staying with the sector then how big an impact would this bill passing have on pest control as a whole potentially very big there are a lot of pest controllers out there that don't use them but like I said earlier, we've had a slow and steady erosion of products. My concern is that it will be the thin end of the wedge. And what's next? I understand that people have concerns, 
what I would say is we've actually tried to speak to these people to try and alleviate their concerns. But like I say, sometimes we have to accept that, uh, that some people's viewpoints can't be changed. And, you know, going back to what I said, earlier, rodents adapt, behavioural resistance is on the rise. So we need every weapon that we have in our arsenal at the moment to be able to combat, combat rather, what is potentially a very serious potential public health situation. We know that rodents spread disease. OK, that's a proven fact. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we need as an industry or as a society, really, is to remove something we can use to be able to control rodents. I've been there. I've been there in situations where personally, because I've been a pest control technician as well as the role that I do now, I've been there in situations where I've had to, where I've had to resort to glue board use. You know, I've had no other option because no other control measure has worked. And I'm sure there's plenty of pest controllers up and down the country. I would um, hazard a guess that there are people working largely within cities and larger towns that have have had very similar situations, you know, where they've they've had no choice. They might not want to use them. The times that I've used them, Luke, I don't want, I haven't wanted to use them. But to protect people and protect public health comes first. And it's clear to me, at least, that it's quite easy to legislate for a complete blanket ban than it is to do to legislate some sort for some sort of partial ban to the amateur and non-professional market. And this is an argument at PMA level that we've, you know, that we've tried to raise that and we've, we've been quite vocal in the fact that we would completely support and from a personal perspective, and going back to your previous question, really would completely support a ban on amateur use because they don't know how to use them. The pictures you see pop up on social media, the pictures you see pop up on various news outlets from time to time, all highlight the fact, you know, you can't prove it, but they highlight the fact that they're amateur use boards. You can see if you're a professional, you just know, and you can see the way they're positioned. You can see that they've been used outside or whatever that might be, because we have to remember that the public are by and large, pretty terrified of rodents with understandable reasons so they will do whatever they need to do to be able to control them and if that's if you've got a rat running outside and you go down to the local market store and you see a a rodent glue board and you think yep that will resolve my issue then that's what you're going to do so i think potentially it has a huge impact on public health and yeah there are plenty of good tools at our disposal but sometimes, like I say, you have to get to that point where you have to resort to a glue board. And it's not often. And I haven't used them very often in my working life. And like I say, I've been doing the job for 30 odd years now. But you will sometimes get to that position. So to remove them, potentially a disaster. If this were to meet somewhere in the middle, what could potentially be a reasonable solution for both parties? Is training an option for pest controllers or otherwise to purely prove that they can be responsible when using glue boards? I think training, uh, you know, we've been running a survey uh, amongst our members. Uh, One of the questions that we ask is, do you feel that you've had sufficient training to uh, use these products safely and responsibly? And the answer is always yes. You know, even the people that have said they they wouldn't necessarily uh, be bothered if blue boards were to be removed have said, yes, we feel like we're trained adequately. I know Killgerm released uh, a training video not that long ago now that was very good you know it's very effective in what it does and I think training is a possibility it's a tough question to ask answer because like I say you're 
you're going to like people with completely opposing viewpoints and that's the difficulty however there are options that are available to us potentially as a compromise we could look at reducing the reinspection times for them it currently stands at 12 hours or rather let me rephrase that it currently stands at a maximum of 12 hours and that's important for people to understand but i think you know, I, I, I genuinely believe, though, that even if we were to reduce that after talking to um, some of the people involved in the uh, petition up in Scotland, that even if we were to reduce that to an hour, it probably still wouldn't be enough. You know, we could look at trap and immediate dispatch. And that's where, you know, that, that would that to me, if, if, if there was no other option available, maybe that's the option open to us, you know, so we, we've got a trap and that immediate dispatch thing. I would still like to see them kept more than that. We looked at it from a PMA point of view, you know, whether we looked at uh, the potential for reducing those reinspection times, but there's all sorts of difficulties around that, you know, and one of the, obviously one of the difficulties will be within, not everything's a 24 hour operation. So you can't necessarily be there the whole time uh, to inspect boards. But I think the biggest issue for me is the fact that you disturb rodent patterns of behavior. So if you're going to use glue boards, and sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, Luke, but if you're going to use glue boards, the, the ideal behind using them is to take numbers down and take numbers down quickly. If you are constantly reinspecting them, then the chances are you're going to disturb patterns of behavior rodents and therefore reduce their effectiveness which kind of negates the need for their use mm. but going back to your question some countries have a licensing system certainly there's a licensing system operates within new zealand um, how effective a licensing system would be uh, is open to uh, conjecture in, in my opinion because if you introduce a, a system like that if you're going to use glue boards as a pest controller it's almost, it's almost invariably in some sort of emergency. So you're looking to resolve that problem quickly. And it's how long you would need to take for a license to come through. So that, that is an option, but it's potentially difficult, maybe controversial, but maybe we could look at licensing the whole pest control industry. It's certainly something that's not been discussed. The government or successive governments rather have been quite heavily into self-regulation, but we're not a licensed industry, but if that needed to be the case, it's a personal perspective, not necessarily an MPTA perspective, but I, th I think it's something that we could consider just to set ourselves apart from uh, the non-professional users. I mean, you consider that gas fitters are licensed, taxi drivers are licensed, bouncers are licensed, you know, and you've even got to have a license to go fishing. And yet we're, we're not regulated. So I, I don't know. And I don't know if there's an appetite within the industry for that. But equally, I think anything we can do to raise the bar, to make ourselves look a little bit more professional, to promote the image of the pest control industry wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But I think looking at this one particular subject, I think we're looking at potentially license, maybe a licensing on glue balls or a reduction in reinspection times. And moving on further here, then you mentioned the survey. Is also is that the same survey as the say professional glue boards survey that's currently running on PCN? That one is also running. If you if any pest controllers listening want to show their support, that's always a good place to. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm I'm glad you've raised that point, Luke. Um, we released a survey. Well, the BPCA run a survey, but I'm talking predominantly about the MPTA survey here, which is available to members. Right. Uh, you know, I would appeal to our members to go on and take 
that survey because the numbers we've had responding to it are not reflective of the uh, level of membership we have and they're not they're not reflective of the amount of people that of uh, that the invitation to vote has gone out to and even if people um want to vote not to keep blue boards give us that guidance you know mm. because if we're going to go on to fight this we're spending members money if we're spending members money then we need to have the membership behind us uh well thank you very much john thanks for joining me today you're more than welcome you take care and enjoy the rest of your day As was mentioned with John, PCN are currently conducting a Save Professional Glue Board survey. So if you'd like to show your support, you can make your way to pestcontrolnews.com and fill in the survey. For listening to the podcast, you can claim CPD points, a real useful way of indicating that you're keeping up to date with the industry. To redeem your CPD points via basis prompt, just go to podcast.killjohn.com and fill out the form using this episode's unique code, which is Tango Quebec. Charlie Whiskey 77. For the BPCA, it's slightly different. Head over to their website, fill in their online form, and just put it down as unstructured learning. As I mentioned earlier, for correspondence, please email me at loop.oddy at killgerm.com. We're going to continue to come to you monthly with a selection of industry voices as we talk through anything from topical news to innovative product launches. Until next time, thank you all for listening.